This is KYUK, Public Radio for the Yukon-Kuskokwim Delta. I'm Francisco Martinez-Cuello. For about a month, Tuluksac has been without running water since a line leading from the community water plant broke, leaving the school and all the teacher housing without running water. Governor Mike Dunleavy issued a disaster declaration on February 24th to activate the state's public assistance program to provide needed emergency response resources and disaster cost reimbursement. Jeremy Zydek is the public information officer at the state's Division of Homeland Security and Emergency Management. And our public assistance section has reached out to the school district and folks at the school And we've completed our public assistance section application briefing with the community. They're now an applicant for our disaster recovery program. And we've also conducted an applicant briefing with the the school and the school district. The briefing provided an opportunity for community members to ask questions about reimbursement eligibility under the state's disaster recovery program and how they can work through that process. The school currently has about three 500-gallon water tanks. One of the big challenges is the transfer of water between the plant and the school. Hauling water with only one vehicle takes a considerable amount of staff time. The vehicle is an aging pickup truck. The current weather conditions are also adding to the stress, according to Carrie Del Signore, the school principal. We were a little concerned about being able to haul enough water, just went on water conservation, due to the fact that that it was so icy, but our truck did not want to, we have to go up a ramp to get to the tanks. And our our truck blew a tire last week, and so they had to replace that with an older tire, and then the truck itself, being two-wheel drive, just could not handle the ice and couldn't make it up the ramp. Del Senore says they were able to put ice melt down and chop up some of the ice to haul water on Tuesday, March 8th, and have a fairly normal day with the kids at school. Relief is on its way, but it's difficult to know when. We have a shipment on the way of shelf-stable food and drinking water, so hopefully we will receive that. That's coming by past mail. You never know out in the village when they'll actually deliver it, but it's on its way. Zydex says the easy-to-prepare foods will help conserve water. The bottled water will be on hand in case the reverse osmosis treatment system is not able to keep up with demand. That system works better when more water is in the holding tanks. They are hauling water so there are times when potable water production is less than optimal. YKHC and Department of Education have been involved to ensure water is potable. There are a lot of costs associated with transporting water back and forth from the water plant to the school, purchasing additional holding tanks and pumps, While that will initially come out of the school's budget, emergency services funding should be there later. That expense will be reimbursed through our disaster recovery program. Another truck is also on its way. We also are going to be receiving a truck that should be able to handle a larger tank so that we can haul more water and get it to the school, and the truck should be in much better shape. And Like yesterday, we couldn't run the truck up and down the ramp because of the the ice. And so hopefully the the truck that's coming won't have a problem going up and down the ramp and we'll be able to haul water all day. Zydek says that the state will continue to work with the school and he is aware that the ice road between Bethel and Tuluksac has been freezing and thawing, so sometimes bypass mail has to be used. That exacerbates the situation. Obviously, it's easier just to drive down to Bethel, purchase supplies, and and bring them back. And when you have to put that air leg in there, it complicates matters. But we're going to work with the school here.
Tuluksek's logistical complications are temporary and dependent on the weather. Until it is warm enough to gain access to the waterline on the ground and fix the break, they will continue to haul water. In Bethel, I'm Francisco Martinez Cuello. Alaska Native veterans who served in Vietnam and missed the opportunity to claim Native allotments of land are getting another chance. On March 14th at 10 a.m. until 3 in the Westmark Hotel in Fairbanks, there will be a veterans allotment application clinic to walk those eligible or their heirs through the application. Attendees can get help selecting lands, completing the application, writing a will, or becoming the personal representative for the estate of a deceased veteran. Attorneys and advocates from the Alaska Legal Services, BIA representatives, TCC Realty and Survey staff, and BLM staff will be on site and available to provide assistance, advice, and answer questions. The Bethel Food Assistance Programs is hosting a March Food Bank distribution on Saturday, March 11th, from 12 to 2 p.m. at the Lions Club. They will give out dry goods and chilled foods. They distributed the freezer foods for March on Tuesday because the freezer needed maintenance. Volunteers are asked to show up at 11 to help set up. Most Iditarod teams settled into their mandatory 24-hour breaks Wednesday, many resting in McGrath and Takatna, with a couple top teams stopped further down the trail in Ophir. But in the way back of the pack, things feel a lot different. Greg Vitello was the last musher into Nikolai Wednesday morning. As Alaska Public Media's Lex Trainin reports, the Iditarod rookie is having one heck of a ride. As he does his final chores before departing the Nikolai dockyard, 47-year-old Greg Vitello has a lot on his mind. For one, he's not looking forward to pushing through this drizzle. I think it's pretty miserable. I'm soaking already. It gets pretty dangerous if it gets really cold tonight, too. He's worried about his clothes getting even more wet in the rain and then freezing at night. It's only the latest challenge confronting the New Hampshire musher running his first Iditarod. He says it's everything he expected, but more and harder, like the moguls along the trail. After a nap inside the school, he calls that 40-mile stretch of bumps ridiculous. The other runs were all crazy, you know, because you're coming down mountains and, you know, but that was like, holy smokes. This seems like the definition of insanity. The steep and windy Dalzell Gorge was no cakewalk either. He says his leader, also named Greg, saved his life by pulling him away from a steep precipice. He soaked his boots going through water in the treeless farewell burn area and was forced to camp out on trail in his wet gear. On top of that, the 30-minute snooze he got in Nikolai was all the sleep he's had since the race started on Sunday. Still, he said 90% of the time he's having a blast on his first Iditarod experience. But even when I was almost dying out there, I was like, I was still having time in my life. Plus, he got an unexpected gift for coming into Nikolai in last place. Really great uh, of the people here and in, in, uh, made a handmade beautiful beaver hat um, for the last person to the SharePoint. Vitello's son, Bailey, is also running this year's race. The younger Vitello is miles ahead. Greg Vitello says the two overlapped briefly at the start of the race, but since then, they've been running alone. He's not worried about Bailey. In the woods, I'm not worried about Bailey. If you drop him off in the city, I might, but... <laughs> and he says, for now, Bailey doesn't have to be worried about him. Reporting in Nikolai, I'm Lex Trinan. This is KYUK News. I'm Francisco Martinez Cuello. Kuyana for listening. Please share your news tips, comments, or suggestions. You can email us at news at kyuk.org or message us on Facebook. And stay tuned for News Yuktun coming up.